Welcome back to Bodies by Brent. I am your host, Brent Ruska, and on today's episode, we have Angie Lee. Angie Lee is an ADHDer, content creator, entrepreneur, wellness hacker, podcaster, and speaker. On today's episode, we cover her experience with microdosing to enhance her ADHD creativity, how traditional schooling adds to the frustration of neurodivergent brains, and the natural ways to treat ADHD symptoms and guarantee success in fields where ADHD thrives. You're going to dig this episode, guys. But before we dive into it, I want to give a product shout out to Angie's company, My Soul CBD. At Soul, we are dedicated to the pursuit of relief and better living powered by CBD. Our wellness philosophy is founded on principles of transparency, quality, and efficacy. We know our products will work for you because they work for us. CBD has made a big impact in my life, and these products are next level. She has a couple new products coming out soon that are neurotropics without stimulants in them. You can check out current products and products coming soon on mysoulcbd.com. All right, guys, let's dive into this episode. Angie, <laughs> welcome to the I'm podcast. Excited to be here. Super pumped to have you. I am. So before we dive into all the fun ADHD, ADD <laughs> awesomeness, tell me about your microdosing. How's that been Ooh, going? You want to really start even, with that? Yeah, I want to. We haven't, I haven't really gotten a full update mm. and like sat down and actually been able to talk to you about, yeah. you know, why you started and what your experience has been yeah. up till now. Yeah. That's funny because you have seen me on it though, at the gym, yeah. farting around. Yep. You've seen me just wanting to dance when I'm supposed to be doing bicep curls, but it's great because it's just, it's the best, but it's interesting because prior to microdosing and I started what, a few months ago, I thought I would never get into anything like that. I was actually really against it, which is strange because I own I own a CBD line. So I'm a huge fan of plant medicine, but I had a lot of fear around it. I thought, will this hurt my brain? Will this, what will this do to me? And I think that's a lot of people's fear going into microdosing. And I started to do some research and I don't know, how woo should we get on this show? Go for it. Okay. I, I feel like you're called to it, which again, I kind of want to puke in a bowl because that's super cheesy in the spiritual space, but it's, it's real. It's like, I think a lot of times we're called to do these things. There's truth to that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And if these plants are actually teachers and they're medicine that's been here for as long as time has been existent, then they call you. And, And I just couldn't get mushrooms off my mind. I kept listening to podcasts on it and researching it and asking every friend I knew who was utilizing it as an entrepreneur or a parent, like, how how has this helped your life? And so I was super curious. And a lot of times I think our curiosity is our compass. Mm -hmm. And so I I listened to that gut intuition that was like, okay, you are so curious about this. You have to go figure this out. Mm -hmm. And that curiosity led me to, to, to starting uh, a protocol. And it's been fascinating how much it gets you out of your left brain and even more into your right brain Mm -hmm. and can help with everything from creativity to maybe some things that you're not wanting to look at as much, but it becomes really clear. You're able to connect the dots deeper. I know you you've, you've resonated with that, right? It's like things that didn't make sense prior are starting to make more sense. So I'm still pretty new to it, but so far I think that it's, it's going to be a plant that I work with hopefully for a long time and, and see where it goes. What's your, what's your dosing schedule or how do you, so right Protocol. now I'm doing uh, p- between 0.15 and 0.25 grams, okay. so a very small amount, which yeah, is the, so you, the range for microdosing. Yeah. And I will do the the tradition. One of the most traditional protocols is usually four days on, three days off, or week on, week off. There's tons of different protocols out there, but right now I did a full 30 days, which on. one of my friends has done here, and she advised it. She was like, "It's it's one of the best ways to really just like kind of wake you up in a sense and just like." blast you open in a sense, not in a, for anyone listening, it's not a, there's not a hallucinogenic effect to this. So this isn't like a, you're high or you're out of body or anything like that, no. but it, it, it starts these new neural pathways in your brain. And so I did 30 days straight and then I took a few weeks off and now I'm back on a few days on a few days off. What so. was your intention when you started the, like you, okay, I'm going to go on this 30 days. Yeah, creativity, creativity, to yeah. be honest with you, that is my biggest mission. That's my biggest vision. That's what I really want to lean into next in my life and my career is creativity. 
I want to be the most creative version of myself that I could possibly be. And, awesome. you know, in, in the social media space or marketing space or wellness space, there's a lot of people doing the same thing. And there's a part of me that I always, I want, I want to be different. I want to create different content. I want it to be weird and to, and to not be what other people are doing. And I think a lot of times it's necessary to, you know, get out of your, your, your head in a sense to do that. And, and this is one of the ways to do that. Obviously there's breath work and meditation and many different modalities to do that. But, um, coincidentally, every extremely smart creative person that I knew <laughs> was microdosing. So I was like, what am I missing out on? Yeah. You got to so, try it. Yeah. So, like, yeah. how do you describe the experience? The experience for me is it's very light. It's very gentle and it's, this nudge of joy for me. And, and, and again, this has been my experience so far. I know everybody has a different experience. I know some people, it makes them want to, um, to write or to, uh, well, for me, it does make me want to write, I guess I, I shouldn't say not to write, but for me, it's been a very, um, it's, it's so hard to put into words. It's maybe want to be outside even more. It's been a huge teacher around nature and getting outside. And for me, it really, it really makes me, it, it it's so hard to put in words. It, it brings back the present moment and it, it makes it, it makes it almost like it's the best day ever. And you don't know why yet. You know, that feeling when you wake up and you're like, I'm so excited. Today's going to be amazing because you have that big event or that big thing happening with microdosing. That's kind of what it feels like all of a sudden two hours in, there's this, just this little nudge of like, today's going to be great. Like this, I this, can get through this. It's like little glow. It kind of it's reminds a little me of, glow. There we go. It's it, a glow. It reminds me now you're saying all this, like when you're a little kid yeah. and it's Saturday and you wake up on Saturday yes. and you're like, I don't have to go to fucking school today. And it's <laughs> yeah. sunny. It's sunny outside. Wait, that's crazy. You said that, right? Because I it's, said that to Clay, we were like, we were saying that the feeling is like when you think it's Sunday, but it's actually Saturday. Oh yeah. And you're like, and mm-hmm. infinite possibilities. So it's no coincidence that you actually just said that because that's one of the things that's been happening too is I'll think of a thought and then I've had others mimic that thought. So I think what's happening is it's like- It's a collective <laughs> like thought. Collective, a collective feeling or a collective thought. So it gives me that little extra sense of joy. And for me with, with comedy and humor, it it's exacerbating that even more. Like it turns up the notch. Just one more little notch of like, life is hilarious. Why do we take this whole experience so seriously? And so it's helped me in moments where I was taking it to something too seriously to be like, oh, wow, this is actually really funny that I'm getting so upset about this thing or I'm so anxious about something so stupid. And I think that's beautiful. I think all of us need something that does that for us, whether it is watching comedy or it's a friend or it's a therapist or it's breath work or working out does this too. It's, It's the thing that gets you out of your head into your heart and it reminds you of that childlike joy and that presence and that life is not this experience, this matrix, whatever the heck is this is that we're doing, isn't meant to be so serious. Like that has been the biggest lesson I've received. I've always known it, but now I feel it. I'm like, wow, this is a game. You get to play it. You get to do whatever the fuck you want. Can I swear on the show? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And you get to show up how you want to show up and you get to bring that, that joy. So I think as an adult too, that's really important because so many of us have lost that. We're like, Oh, life's too, life's too heavy to, to laugh at things or life's too, um, I'm too busy to play. And exactly. And I think for me, what it does is it breaks up the rigidity of my mind. Mm. Like you start getting too rigid and like task and accomplishments and get this done. It just, it brings in some of that natural play and flow element. And I think that's why they're starting to do some research with like Alzheimer's. I think it's going to be, and they're going to find a lot of benefits for people for cognitive health because it will keep the mind from getting too rigid, right? Wow. You see this like as people age, you know, it's probably a lot of older people during the pandemic, it probably got accelerated. Mm-hmm. But as your mind ages, its ability to create new pathways and just get set in these like tracks, yeah. uh, it it just gets really like solidified and this kind of opens that up. Yeah. And I noticed that does that for me. Wow. Kate's creates some of that playfulness. Yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, and, and I believe in it. I think a lot of times I, I, again, and I, I'm not saying that everybody has to do this, but I'm so grateful that we're living in a time right now where we're having this discussion and we're able to talk about these things and make it less taboo um, and talk about these things that sadly are illegal. And it makes me so sad that they are illegal because there's so many people who could benefit from this, I think, with depression, anxiety and and all of these things. So 
but we know why it's illegal. So, and that's another episode for another day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Why big pharma and- sucks. <laughs> I'll bring, bring me back on. We'll chat part, about that. Yeah. But, part one through 10. Yeah. But it's, you know, so it makes you, it makes you kind of sad because when you when you feel that glow and you're like, wow, everybody deserves to feel this, How, however they want to find that in life. And it's so sad that it, this isn't talked about more and it's made to be this weird thing when it's a plant. Literally, so. And just people's perception of, it's like, you know, back in the 70s, like their perception of weed. It's yep. like the old movies that the, would come out and like, oh, Billy's fucking losing his mind and he's, you know, he's beating up his wife because of <laughs> cannabis. It's like, it's so far-fetched and far, yeah. like away from the actual truth. Oh, it's so far. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, it, to me is, the irony is funny, right? Because right now, if I want to go get super trashed. I could probably go down the street. There's probably a CVS or there's alcohol within a few hundred feet at all times at some sort of stop or or store at the gas station. And you could die. You could overdose. You could die. You could hurt somebody. Alcohol is, it's, it's, it's extremely toxic. It's probably one of the worst things there is for us with health decision-making. I'm not a fan at all of it, to be honest, but yeah, we take it so lightly. It's made funny. It's in marketing all the time. And we don't act like it's a big deal it's when crazy it is, how much it's but pushed. yet this mushroom that maybe just look at a tree a little bit longer and think, wow, that's a really pretty green tree is like illegal, right? It's it's actually hilarious. It's so crazy. It has extremely but, low, you know. like almost near impossible to be chemically addicted to it. Yeah. Because it works mostly on serotonin where mm-hmm. alcohol, cocaine, a lot of those things work on the dopamine receptors, yeah. which like heroin, meth, mm-hmm. that make somebody crave, 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 where a lot of psychedelics is serotonin. So you- you don't crave it. Yep. Like if anything, I don't know, with microdosing, you just get to a point where you're like, I don't really feel like I need, I don't need it. It's more of like just uh, I feel good. And then every once in a while, maybe you're like, oh, I could, I could use it. But it's never, I don't know, for me, I never feel this strong. Like cr- it's not a craving. Yeah. It's like, well, I could, I could use this. There's not a visceral addiction to it of needing it. There's a wanting it here and there, but it's not a need. No. And that's great. And, and people... People can't really say that about alcohol or a lot of other things that are completely legal and over the counter right now that you could just go grab today and go get crazy. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. it, it is funny and it's sad, but I think in you know 50 years even, we won't be having th- this conversation. I think things will change and people are going to be more open-minded. So no, a lot, a lot is going to be changing. Yeah. And I feel like you're going through a lot of transformation in yourself because you're really shifting things a yeah. lot, right? Yeah. You know, you're starting to you know, dive into more comedy yeah. side and TikTok. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And a lot of this amazing creativity comes from the mushies, the mushies, <laughs> but also you call your superpower, your ADHD, mm, right? Yeah. Superpower. And I listened to both your episodes and I was like, I feel so seen. Oh, right? that I don't, makes me so happy. I don't feel like I, I, I don't have the, the hyper part. I wish I kind of did, but everything you were explaining, like going through school and, you know, maybe you can tell a little bit about your story of, you know, growing up and having ADHD and the signs and symptoms. But I had a horrible time trying to go through school. I was always put in those special classes. I couldn't (laughs) comprehend anything. I had a what hooked on phonics a ah apple and i'm like the fuck and like i, I <laughs> you're like am i stupid mom, mom? i remember i go try to do homework and it's like uh-huh. i remember like touching my brain and be like it yeah. doesn't go in and then i'm like there's my dog <laughs> and then off i go right daydreaming drawing on my yeah, desk yeah, like yeah i don't know so t- yeah tell me about growing up oh, with adhd yeah I'm I'm extremely passionate about this because I think that the neurodiverse brain is such a gift. That's what we call this. It's a, it's a neurodiverse brain. Neurodiverse. To me, being different is awesome. Being weird is awesome. It needs to be celebrated. But so many, especially children right now, um, you know, I'm not a mom yet, but I can't imagine how many children, let's say five to six years old, who parents are like, oh, little Timmy, he's hyper. Why is he, why isn't he paying attention in school? Let's just throw Ritalin at him. And it's like, hold on, first of all, your son is like an eight-year-old boy. Of course he's hyper. He's been sitting in a classroom all day for eight hours, learning the same shit, responding to bells and whistles and in lines. Like the, the traditional schooling system is is not conducive to the neurodiverse brain. If anything, it suppresses it. It doesn't, yeah. the traditional schooling system isn't here to like advocate creativity and coloring outside the lines and asking bigger, weird questions. And it's not. And so as a child, I always felt weird and wrong and, and stupid. There was part of me that was like, mom, I feel like 
I, I'm able to have these intellectual conversations with adults after school. And I asked these really interesting questions when I came home, but I couldn't pass a class. Like, and I couldn't function in that box. I couldn't function in that structure. You're like, I feel and super so, smart in some ways. And then super stupid. And then like, I can't do basic shit that everyone else can do. Yep. That's, yeah, how that's I, exactly yeah. how yeah. I felt. There was part of me that was like, this is super unfair. And the other 50% of me felt like it was a superpower. But when you're eight, nine, 10 years old, you're not able to really comprehend it as I am now as an adult. And so it, it was just more shameful and, and, and scary. And like, what am I going to do one day? Who's going to hire me? And so um, I think the classic signs, you know, my mom would come home and I, uh, I remember I would, <laughs> she would make me do chores and to, to, if I wanted to buy something. And so I would mow the lawn or go babysit the neighbors to get like five, 10 bucks. And then I would walk to Home Depot and I lived outside, uh, outside of Chicago and I would walk to Home Depot or take my bike and I would buy paint cans and I would repaint my room. I would paint my room a different color, probably every 10 days, Wow, hot pink. And then it was going to be lime green. And then it was going to be dolphin theme. And I wanted to be in a new environment every, every few weeks. And that is like a very clear sign of, of ADD. It's novelty. It's dopamine. It's craving newness. It's craving this sense of something has to change. I want to try something new. And that quality should be celebrated because that quality has allowed me to be an entrepreneur. It's allowed me to take scary chances that other people thought were scary. And I'm like, why not? Let's do it. Who cares? Let's try this thing. Yeah, let's fuck it. Let's throw go. money at it. Let's see what happens. It's allowed me to be creative. I believe some of the most creative humans on this planet have ADD or ADHD. Uh, I would say all of my colleagues or people in my space who are extremely creative and witty and, and interesting, usually had a hard time in school and didn't fit into that structure and have ADD. So I, I love it now. But again, as a kid, it was very frustrating because I would come home and, and be so discouraged because mm -hmm. it just wasn't, it wasn't working out similar to you. They would ask me to read a book about, you know, George Washington or something and I would fall asleep. And then they asked me why I didn't write the paper on him. And I was like, yeah. well, cause I, this isn't interesting to me. Yeah. So a clear sign of ADHD as well is if you love something, you love it and you go all in. It's called hyper-focus. You are obsessed. You will find this in artists, creatives, uh, many different uh, industries where if they love it, they're like, they're the best. They're like, I'm going to do this. That's all they see. It's tunnel vision. But if we don't like something or we're not interested in it, we give two shits. We get lazy. We don't follow through with it. We it's really impossible. don't like it. It's impossible to get it done. Yeah. And I saw this on my brain scan at the Amen Clinic. So a year okay. ago, or a year and a half ago, I went to the Dr. Amen Clinic in Orange County and got my brain scanned. And it literally shows your prefrontal cortex, the part that literally shuts down if you're not interested in something. And it literally just like, it's it's like, boosh. Really? <laughs> it, just, it just turns off. Where other people- Make it the ability to focus. Yeah, yeah, literally you can't focus. Where if if you're more neurotypical, your brain can, can withstand. It can find the mm. dopamine to keep, to stay focused. So in school- I didn't give two shits about George Washington. You know, I'm sorry, George. <laughs> sorry, he's dead. So it's fine. But like, you know, I just didn't care. I didn't, that wasn't my passion. And so for me, my brain was like, I'm out. I'm going to go daydream about becoming a marine biologist. Like my brain's literally in a different place thinking about something just as maybe significant, but it's not the topic right in front of me at the time. And so it was, it, it was very interesting to feel this feeling of like, but I'm so creative and I have all these cool ideas, but then I got an F on all these papers. So yeah, that's, that's what it was like growing up. And I was, I'm a college dropout. I, I always joke and say, I think it was by necessity. I had to, it was by necessity. I went to college. I was unemployable. So <laughs> for like three years mm -hmm. on and off. And I kept trying to dr drudge through it. Yeah. Being like, I think that I'm supposed to do this, right? I'm supposed to. And it was so difficult. Yeah. And I took every class and I finally got to a place where I was like, this just isn't for me. Like I, yeah. this isn't for me. Yeah. It takes a while to figure that out. Oh yeah. I mean, I knew, I think since first grade, my mom said in first grade, I ran home from the bus stop and I said, mom, I'm not going to jail anymore. <laughs> She's like, this little girl, how does she, what are you talking about? I'm like, think about it. It's very similar to jail. You're in a box all day. You're responding to whistles and shit. You're told what to do. You've got a lot. Mm, interesting. I told You're told my, when you can go outside. Yeah. I told my sister <laughs> that jail. she's like, that's so, you know, that's so, uh, you know, that's, that's very like, uh, you're very exaggerative with that. I'm like, no, it's literally look it, at the comparison. When you're when you have when you feel what we feel, yeah. it's like yeah, yeah. It's like we're just serving a sentence. I couldn't wait till high school was over. I was like, I finally finished my 12 year sentence and I'm free. 
<laughs> she's like uh honey what are you talking about i'm like i have to respond to whistles and do the same shit every day and stand in lines and like yeah uh, like what is this they're training so, you to be a monkey thank they're god like, my mom was cool about it but yeah. yeah they're training you to be an employee and a monkey which is fine for so many people right like i'm all about my biggest thing is like do what do you like do what is best for you yeah uh, but allowing people those options to to make that decision and to to express fully. And so I'm really grateful. I had a mom who was really cool about it. I'm so grateful she didn't put me on meds and she decided to just, you know, let, let's figure this out naturally or, or holistically first and see how we can cope with this and, and sit her down and, and talk to her about the advantages of it. And my mom was really good about it, which I know a lot of children, that's not their experience. They have a parent who is pissed about it, uh, fights it, uh, makes them feel like there's something wrong with them. It's not okay. And just throwing pills at it. And instead of first addressing maybe some other issues, maybe nutritionally or whatnot, or exercise. I mean, thank God for what you do. Like it, it was, it, it's a, it's medicine. Movement is medicine for the ADD brain. You have to move your body. And so of course, a lot of these kids are sitting all day too. So she how, was really cool work? about it. But it's with the ADD, ADHD movement? brain. Yeah. Movement. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> Why think, is that so important? I think for... again, it's the biggest thing that you'll learn when you study ADHD is dopamine. Okay. Dopamine is your best friend. So we have not enough of it. <laughs> Essentially, we are lacking. We are in a deficit, a dopamine deficit. Got it. And so if you look at what things naturally in life give you dopamine, right? Uh, playing, being creative, working out, certain foods. Uh, gosh, there's millions of things, right? Sex, hit training, they say, is, is best for, for dopamine. Okay. Sprinting around, like getting your body moving, getting the blood flowing, doing something new, novelty. Novelty will give you a hit of dopamine. It's why people, a lot of times, who have ADHD, it's difficult for them to have the same job, have the same relationship, have the same color of their room. It's not because they, they it's not like, oh, I needed to see pink to see pink on my walls. It's because I literally, something told me I needed a, dop- a dopamine hit. Ooh, newness. Oh, novelty. Oh, novelty, right? It's excitement. Yeah. We all know as you and this is for all humans too. I think it's more so in the ADHD, but every human mm. loves novelty. So we crave it. We crave newness. We crave something different in our lives. When I was in high school, the thing that saved me, that got yeah, me through the last couple of years was I started doing martial arts. And it was oh. like the intensity and the focus when I was outside the gym, it was like I don't know. It was like now I could actually focus on things where wow. the, the the less activity I did in exercise. Yeah. It's like I'm in a, in a dream kind of, I don't know. It's like my mind's everywhere all the time. Wow. It's really hard to focus. Wow. I don't know if you get that experience. If you haven't worked out for a long time, oh, it's yeah. like, you're just kind of in your head all over the place. Yeah. I think that I became an entrepreneur and an athlete by default. And I think it was because of my ADHD. So that's why I'm also grateful for it because it allowed me to become a gymnast and, and learn, learn uh, that, that skill, you know? And it, it was interesting because now looking back, I'm like, oh, I had to be in sports because if I wasn't, I was crazy. <laughs> I also have a lot of extra energy. And so if it's not utilized, you know, I'd probably punch my brother or something. Yeah. So <laughs> I just come over from school and, you know, <laughs> just hit him. So yeah. people, Parents that have kids that have ADHD or uh, ADD, yeah. like what are signs and symptoms? They're like, yeah. okay, maybe I should look deeper into this for my kids and see if I can get them help or support. Yeah. Like what, what should they be looking for? Yeah. Similar, uh, number one, like I said, craving novelty to a point that is, it's very evident. It's, it's, it's an intense need for dopamine or novelty, inability to focus, noticing that when they are very passionate or interested in something, they love it. A lot of moms will, will DM me and say, oh, my son loves dinosaurs to the point where he can name every freaking dinosaur. He could, he could work at the museum and he's eight wow. years old and he knows everything, but yet he can't pass math class for, for, for the love of it. You know, like he just can't. And so that's, that's like a clear sign of, of that as well. Um, sometimes they have trouble sleeping. I haven't had that, but sometimes they can have trouble sleeping and turning off their brain. And then for hyperactivity, of course, they just have extra energy. And you notice that your child behaves better after they go sprint around the house or go play sports and and they let that out. So you'll usually know when your child has it, I think, you know, I think people will. And, and going back to the creativity, which is one of the greatest gifts of it. A lot of times it's the child who literally doesn't want to color in the lines. So I would always ask my mom, like, why, but why is that? What if we did this over here? What if we tried it this way? Or what if we added glitter to it? And so she was like, that's so interesting because my brother's very neurotypical, wants to st- stay in the lines a bit, follow the rules. He wants to color in the lines. He, he wants to, he likes some structure. He likes a box. It makes him feel good and safe and he can execute. Where me and you, it sounds like if, if I'm in the box too long or too much, it, it feels 
oppressive and I can't, I can't actually express. So I think she started to notice like, that's so weird. Why does she, (laughs) we were polar opposites. So I think that's how she figured it out. And they did actually pull me to the side and say, um, this was 1996. I was six years old. And they said to my mom, Hey, she, she has what we call, you know, ADD. Um, what do you want to do? And my mom didn't tell me, she didn't want to tell me, she didn't want to label me. And so I didn't know. I always kind of knew, but I didn't really know. And so it wasn't until about 28, 29, a few years ago where she was like, yeah, they told me, they told me all the time. The teachers would tell me, I'm like, why didn't you say anything? She's like, I wanted you to be able to just be you and not feel like there was something wrong with you. Yeah. And so she didn't put me in the special classes and she didn't do those things. Instead, I ended up taking a brain scan a year or two ago. And (laughs) now you know, he was like, you, yeah, you have very typical type one ADD. And there's, there's seven different types actually too. So yeah, tell me about those. Yeah, there's a bunch. So if you guys actually look up Dr. Daniel Amen, you can look up all of the different types of ADD. Um, They find now that most people do have ADHD, not just ADD. There usually is some hyperactivity with it, which is interesting, but you are pretty calm. So maybe you're one of the few who's just... I don't know. Maybe sometimes I am hyper. ADD. I don't know. Mm, haven't seen that side yet. Next episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Next season. I'm not, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll rile them up. But, so seven um, types. Yeah, there's seven different types. I'm what's considered type one classic inattentive. So there's there's like all these different ones and they all break down to different ways that you hold attention and keep attention. But it was cool to see my brain scan because it literally showed the parts of my brain, like the creative centers that were very well lit. And then the parts that were shut off, let's say, when I was trying to focus on something there at the clinic. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. I think the test is legit, but the thing they had me focus on was pretty boring. It was like this math problem. So I don't know. I'm (laughs) sure. I mean, Clay Clay did the test. My mom, my brother did it. Everyone did it. Uh, They probably passed the math test, but I didn't. So. Okay. So now being an adult, what have you figured (laughs) out that's, that's helped you thrive as a creative? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it's, it's going back to the basics, but obviously I have to sleep well where I'm not, not able to function okay. and focus as well the next day. So I prioritize my sleep like it's my job. It's why I literally call my community the baby grandmas. I'm yeah. I'm a super diva about my sleep because I know that without it, I, I cannot function at my highest. I need a good nine hours. Um, I play with a lot of different nootropics. I've probably tried every single nootropic on the planet, which oh, are awesome. non-caffeinated or sometimes they you can be lightly products, caffeinated. Right? Yeah, we actually are coming out with a, a new nootropic soon, but... I love ginkgo and, and L-tyrosine and something called Bacoba Manieri. That's been really powerful for me. Really? Um, I love those. So I'll mix those in the morning, whether it's with cacao or with different adaptogens, or you can add these to coffee. A lot of these are non-caffeinated too, which is great. So I think kids can be using their, these. They're just supportive nutrients for the brain that essentially help with cognitive function that don't have the crazy side effects that potentially something like Adderall could have. I mean, Adderall is very addicting. I'm not going to lie. It, it works. I've done it a few times. Um, I also didn't eat for 30 hours because I was in the zone <laughs> doing something, but, uh, You're on meth. yeah, I, I'm just a huge fan of like, let's look, let's talk about it first. Let's think about it. Let's look at the pros, the cons, long-term consequences, yeah. instead of just rushing at it and throwing meds at something that that could actually make it worse for some people. So Dr. Eamon said that as well. He said some types do can possibly do well in a little bit of Adderall, but then some of the other types, because there's seven of them, it actually would make it worse, oh. which is crazy. So, um, that's why I'm, I'm really big on sleep, nootropics, um, I obviously fitness is huge. Like even if on my off days after not seeing you, like I have to be doing cardio. I have to be moving. I have to get my blood flowing. I have to get that dopamine going sprints on the treadmill, dance class, lifting, like anything to just get that rush to my brain yeah. <laughs> that makes me feel alive even for just a few minutes to then be able to focus after. Um, and knowing your, your, your window of flow, this is basically the flow state. I'm sure you've found yours maybe. Essentially, they've proven that most people, especially with ADHD, there's only about two to three hours of each day that you are in your prime, like where you are just like, I'm in it. This is what I love to do. This is what I'm so good at. You're in the the hyper-focused state. Your blinders are on. You're just in it. You don't even know you're working, you know? And so it's your job to kind of find that window. And so prior to that window, mine's about 11 to 3 or 11 to two, where I'm like, Ooh, I feel alert. I feel on. I'm like, boom, boom, boom. I can knock out content. I can answer questions. I feel like I'm on it. And so I'll work out right before that. I'll take my nootropics. And so I'm kind of playing with that window. I'm working with, I'm working with my body. I'm trying to see when do I feel the most optimal. Now I understand that people who don't work for themselves, that's a little bit more difficult to do, but if you're listening to this and you do have ADD, you're, you probably work for yourself in some capacity, maybe, you know, whether it's a contractor, an entrepreneur or whatever. So find the window, like find that window and, and batch create in that window. And then when you're not in the 
flow state or the dopamine hit state, then you can maybe uh, do behind the scenes work or things that don't require as much focus. Um, But for you, like that's what I would advise is find the time where you feel that, get as much done. And then when it's gone, I mean, don't, don't feel shame around it. Cause that feeling when you don't have it, you know, that can cause a lot of shame. Like, why can't I just focus right now? Or why can't everybody else work all day long? Why can other people keep doing this? But I feel like I only had two, two hours where I felt like I was on. So I've realized it's like an energy management game. That's really what it is. It's knowing my body, being super intuitive, being super self-aware, knowing when I focus best, knowing what supplements and nutrition helps me focus best. So nutrition, making sure I have a lot of protein to stabilize my blood sugar, making sure I don't go too crazy on carbohydrates so I'm not sleepy, like finding that balance of of what makes my brain feel good is really important too. So nice steady stream of energy. Yeah. Blood sugar is huge. I mean, you know, this blood sugar stabilization is everything for brain health. Uh, That's one of the number one things you'll learn if you study ADHD. So I would advise that uh, again, for the parents listening, quality protein at every meal, maybe a little bit of like healthy carbohydrates, healthy fats, not playing around a lot with extra sugars and food dyes and colorings and all of this crap. I know it's hard to do, but the cleaner your system, the cleaner your brain. And that's kind of why I got into to health and wellness, to be honest, is I knew at a young age that I felt better and I was able to focus better when I ate well. So even as a teenager, I was like, mom, I think when I cut out this stuff, I feel better. She's like, oh, interesting. <laughs> so it was like, it I was, I was, I was creating that reward system with healthy food because it, it allowed me to, to show up better and have even more energy. And, and with the energy thing, it's like when you're a kid, you're, you're shamed about it. Like your kid's too hyper or your daughter talks too much in school or it's seen as a bad thing. But now the irony is, what is everybody looking for more of? What are people, what, what is like a billion dollar industry? The, the energy industry, energy drinks, coffee. I need more of it. I need more of it. So now I'm like, okay, this is a gift. How can I utilize it in, in a good way? How can I go put it towards things <laughs> and not like let it turn into anxiety or, or other emotions? You know? Channel it really yeah, well. Channel it. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go into sleep Yeah, because I know a lot of people struggle just in general with sleep, yeah. whether they have ADHD or not. Mm-hmm. What do you do to set yourself up for success oh, for sleep? I do that is so huge for everybody, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And someone who sleeps nine hours, right? And <laughs> I think like that's, a baby. <laughs> no, that's, I think that is one of the keys to longevity and good health. Yeah. Is once you can get your sleep dialed in, everything can be built on top of that. Yeah. But if you don't have good sleep, you can cold plunge, sauna, you can do all the yeah. little tips, hacks, bio, whatever. And it's, it, you're not going to get as much out of it if you had good sleep, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah. I'm so passionate about sleep. And it is funny, the amount of money that we're paying for coffee and all these anti-aging supplements and fillers and like all these things. Yet one of the greatest things you can do for anti-aging and energy is, is quality sleep. It's, it's right in front of us. We just don't want to do it because we feel like, well, it's wasting time. But to me, listen, I love Gary Vaynerchuk. I love Gare Gare, you know, but he's a bestie, but... <laughs> I wish, but you know, (laughs) he's all like, you know, sleep when you're dead, but I'm, I'm huge on hustle culture. Yeah. I'm, I'm huge on like sleep now. So you can actually show up as your most powerful self. So for sleep, I've got, I've got a lot of things I do, but oh man. Lay it on me. Okay. I do a lot of crazy shit and Clay will laugh if he's still here. (laughs) It's cause he's always like, oh man, I've got all my little interesting, weird things. But for me, one of the biggest things is actually uh, bright lights, right? So a lot of it's signaling to your body to release melatonin, to say, hey, it's time to go to sleep. If you think about biology, we didn't have all of these gorgeous bright lights like this. Totally. You know, they didn't have podcasts. No. <laughs> they just, what, what were they doing? I don't know. Eating. I don't know. Eating meat and hunting and. <laughs> Far, farming the field. Farming and stuff. So our, our body still biologically needs to be told like, hey, the sun's going down. It is time to relax. It's time yeah. to sleep. So I'll put blue light blocking glasses on if I am looking at screens, but honestly trying to get off screens as soon as possible. I don't. I try not to watch anything or consume anything that would cause me anxiety or my adrenaline to spike or cortisol to spike. So I'm not going to bed in this like anxious energy, even if it's a really good show. I think that your brain is 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 very smart and it can. Yeah. Bad old habit of mine yeah. would be I'd get off work and then I'd start watching YouTube videos. Like scary ones? or Just like in general, like about information <gasps> and I'd be relaxing. But at the same time, now my brain's like. Wow. Right. So now I'm just like amped up thinking about all this stuff. Yeah. You're like ready to learn. So melatonin, so we're blue blocking glasses. And then we actually have these little salt lamps all over our house that I'm obsessed with. So Clay knows like if he turns the lights on, it's like, nope, you're dead. Nope. Do not turn lights on past like six or seven. Like I'm, I need calm. I need it to feel like a spa. I need to like start setting the mood in that way. I love that. 
Melatonin obviously is great and very supportive. CBD is really great and supportive. Uh, we have a chili pad, which is essentially optimizing the temperature that you're sleeping at. You want to be between what they say, 68 and 69 degrees is optimal for the human body to be sleeping. That may seem cold. It is cold. It's probably colder than you think. You don't want to go to bed hot and sweaty. That's gross. If you're one of those psychopaths, you're a psychopath. <laughs> like my mom, she's a psychopath, right? Love her, but she's a psychopath. She like turns the heat on to go to bed. Sure, the heat on. Dang. Like, it's like a sauna in her house. Like, how is that optimal? It's not. Yeah. So I always tell her, I'm like, this is not biohacking. But <laughs> you want it a little bit chilly when you yeah. go to bed. Okay. And then your body obviously will, you know, absorb that cold. But uh, what's yeah. nice about chili pad is you can you can change the sides with a couple. So if he wants it a little bit warmer, or you want it colder. Cool. But chili pad's been great. Um, then putting the AC on, if you need the AC, like temperature is so important for your body to know that it's time to, to relax and rest and go into sleep. Um, gosh, what else will I do before bed? I've got my weighted blankie. That's great. It's a blankie, not a blanket. <laughs> yeah. Blankie. Do you have a one um, you really like? Yeah. Which one do I love? Gosh, I have a few right now. I can give them to you and you can put them in the show notes. I yeah, love a weighted blanket. They have research um, that shows weighted blankets can help a lot with anxiety, depression. Um, for little kids, it's such a great little bedtime hack to get them to calm down because oh, you feel cool. like you're being hugged, yeah. which is really nice. So if you're sleeping alone and you want to feel like you have something cuddling you, go get a weighted blankie today, lay it on you, lay it on your chest. And it just is this sense of like, oh, so even if I'm feeling anxious, sometimes I'll just like lay the weight there on my chest or my feet. Mm -hmm. feels so good. So I start prepping for bed pretty early because it, it's a routine, right? It, it should be something that feels like a, a ritual that we enjoy instead of like, okay, it's 11 PM, turn off my phone, you know, just rush to bed. It just can't be that way. And then with technology, you know, I'm huge on phones are not in the bedroom. We don't have TVs in the bedroom, literally in a completely other, other room. If Clay is on his phone, I'm like, what are you, what are you doing on your phone? <laughs> I get super mad. Um, and recently, thanks to Ben Greenfield and some biohackers that I'm obsessed with, they said to turn off your uh, Wi-Fi at night for the EMF. So now I'm like stepping up my sleep game even more. Turn off the Wi-Fi. Dang, you're killing So it. I'm just like, I will try any of it. Because to me, if I sleep well, I'm able to show up as like such a badass the next day. So to me, it's like such a skill that we need to harness. But we just don't, we don't work on it enough. I love that. You know? What have you dialed in with your workouts? Mm. Like what has really worked well for you exercise-wise? Because I know you've kind of had a, yeah, I've done a, lot. a wild uh, exercise journey yeah. in itself, right? Yeah. You did a show in the past too, yeah. right? Like a I've bikini show, shows. right? Yeah. Yeah. And I've that stood kinda, on stage half naked. Yeah. yeah. It was in, in heels too. It's a very, it's a very vulnerable, weird thing to do. There's a lot of people that go through that phase. <laughs> I've done it too. I haven't, not a bikini, but I've done the bodybuilding thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and then the orange spray tan. Yeah. Yeah. It's hilarious. You're like, why do I look like an Oompa Loompa, up here, a ripped, a ripped Oompa Loompa in a bikini showing my booty cheeks to five random strangers in heels. You're just like, what, what am I doing with my life? You yeah. know, it's a weird moment. It's a very weird moment. <laughs> and then these guys like rate you, which is so interesting because I'm 20 years old, you know, like just trying to build my confidence here as a woman. And they'll be like, you could be ripped out of your mind. I mean, there was one where I was like 7% body fat, just like eating cold chicken breast and six almonds a day. And they're just like, mm, the suit didn't match with your hair. And you're like, <laughs> Okay, bro. I just dieted my face off. I haven't seen a yeah. blueberry in a year. Cool. Cool. So that's when I was like, this is so messed up. Like yeah. I was not doing it healthy. Is there a way to do it healthy? I'm sure if it counts your macros, things like that. But I was not doing that. I just yeah. literally wouldn't even eat an extra almond. The thing I'll say about hard, that so. whole world is I think it's for very specific personality types. Yeah. Like personality types that can objectively like view a lot of that stuff separate where I don't know for me when I was in that world it was it it became too much control and then it almost made the rest of my life chaos cuz I didn't have any wow. fun right and it also made me develop a lot of weird eating patterns oh my gosh right and, and then it yeah. just throws your body way off yeah. and now exercise and your relationship to exercise is very strange so like you yeah, went through right. you got ready for a bunch of competitions yeah. right yeah and didn't like it I loved it at first. You loved it at first. Yeah, I think my ego did, right? I mean, I was from 19 to 22. So that's the prime of like, I want to be seen. I want to be, um, now it's been 10, 11 years. I think so differently about wellness and ego and all of those things. But So how has it changed? Yeah. I mean, back then it was, it was like, okay, I want to get as ripped as possible. And then I realized how unhealthy that was for the metabolism. So there was a point where I was on 800 calories a day. I know, eight or 900 calories a day, two hours of cardio, and then what I was eating was cold chicken breast, half a cup of 
oats a day, if that, maybe one little blueberry, you know, for getting crazy because, you know, fruit, fruit makes you fat, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then maybe like six almonds. And I actually remember one time I cried in my car because I ate more than six almonds. And that's when I was like, okay, this has gone too far. Yeah. This has gone too far. Um, I'm crying about almonds in my car alone by myself. I have a six pack, but I feel really lonely and sad. And my emotions and my hormones were all messed up. So it took years to heal from that. And prior to that, I was a gymnast growing up. I was a sprinter. I was an athlete. So I always moved because I loved it or because I was hyper and I had to. And I fueled my body because it, it felt good. I, I had never had that bad relationship. So I do believe it can build a very harmful relationship and a toxic relationship with food and fitness that you forget how to move intuitively and you forget how to eat intuitively yeah. because you're literally counting down every single minute of cardio on a machine and macro in an app that you're looking at numbers all day and you forget to actually ask yourself, am I hungry? Am I stressed? Am I yeah. thirsty? Do I need more? Do I need less? Now I'm at a point where I'm so intuitive where I can feel into like, all right, I need, I need some protein right now. I can feel my blood sugar is a little shaky or I need some more carbs. I haven't had enough carbs today. Oh, I need some fats. I need some like grounding, satiating fat. So it's interesting how it, you know, how much in 10 years I've learned to listen to my body and its cues. And I can kind of feel how many calories I'm at. I know that sounds crazy, but I can be like, yeah. oh, I'm probably at 1800 or 2200 today. Like you can feel the range of what you consume because you've learned portion sizes so well. I know what two ounces of chicken looks like, unfortunately, because I had to measure it, for, it for every so two hours yeah. <laughs> on a stupid scale. So, I mean, is there a time and place to measure and no portions? Absolutely. But to the point where you're trying to become 6% body fat as a yeah. woman, it's like, and maintain that. And then if I was a little bit over that, I thought I was fat or obese, like it can really mess with your mind. So now fitness to me, I love weightlifting, obviously. Um, I like your style of weightlifting because I don't feel like I'm at a Barry's boot camp, which if somebody works at Barry's boot camp right now, I'm sorry, that was mean. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I'm trying to find an example. But like these these Orange Theory fitness classes, well, which you're might, redlining it all yeah, the time. Yeah, you're, you're just like, let me see how anxious we can get you. So then when you leave, you feel like you did a lot, which I don't know if I did. I think I just had really loud music and I sweat a lot because it was really hot in there. But And I'm anxious because the dude next to me was screaming. But I don't know if I actually metabolically had an efficient workout. Totally. And so now I like working out with you where it feels more of like slow, controlled. It's not obnoxious feeling. My cortisol is not super high. And then I love yoga. I've been getting back into that. I love walking though. It's seriously my oh, favorite yeah. movement. I think it's very underrated. Baby grandma is telling you, you got to walk, yeah. you got to sleep. <laughs> I know these are two boring things, but they will change your life. Literally. Walk, walking. I love walking too. It it has saved me so many times in my life where it's just, I, there was a play, time in my life where my body was so broken down wow. from doing a lot of competing and just ignoring everything my body said. Wow. And I began with just walking wow. and I would just go walk as long, as long as I could until I felt good. And I remember just each day, just building that and feeling like this feels amazing. Yeah. And there's this state you reach that Huberman talks about. It's that optical flow. It's this flow state. It's this, this where you're the two hemispheres of the brain, like get into this relaxed state and it can only be in achieved through rhythmic motion. Like walking. Wow. Yeah. So like walking or dancing. Yeah. So like you get, you can, you'll, you'll notice it now. If you walk long enough, you'll feel this kind of like. Like an hour in or what do you think? I'm not sure. Just you'll feel this. Mm -hmm. I don't know where you feel relaxed and kind of groovy where you're like walking yeah. feels great. Yeah. Right. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. It's funny because it's a, it's a huge part of my life and I love it. It's where I process emotions. It's where I get all my creative ideas. I've actually never created a piece of content in front of my computer. And I've been a content creator for 10, 11 years now, since I was 19. All of my ideas are in my notepad right now. And then I email that to myself or I have it in my note and I'll go make that reel or make that video, make that podcast. Every podcast idea came from a walk. I have great conversations on walks. That's when I call people and catch up with them. I love moving. I love walking. It's it's like my, my release. It's my way to not be as anxious. Um, it's great after you eat, you know this, to help with blood sugar stabilization. So after dinner, sometimes we'll go on a walk. I mean, it's just, I take, all day long. That's what I'm doing in between my yeah. creation. So for me, I don't know how people don't do it. It's, it's really great. And, and also not to mention all the benefits of just being outside and just being with nature, which is what, where we're meant to be. You know, we're not meant to be inside these literal boxes all day No, not <laughs> with at all. artificial light. So, I mean, it's nice right now, but <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah, you need that natural light. Oh yeah. It's central to getting good sleep as well. Yeah. The vitamin D and Something that will actually help you sleep at night is direct sunlight first thing in the morning. Mm. So you're listening to this now. Tomorrow morning, get direct sunlight the minute you wake up. You can be in your PJs. Your neighbor might think you're crazy cool. Just go out into your front lawn or your backyard 
uh, take off your shoes. Samson, Samson would approve of this. I know he was on the show. Take off your shoes so you can ground. You know, you got to be one with the earth. <laughs> Get your feet on the ground and just look up at the sun or close your eyes if you want and just like take in that vitamin D and, and take in that just for even a few minutes. And it actually tells your body, it tells your brain, oh, let's start our circadian rhythm. Let's wake. Oh, you're teaching your body the cycle, the wake and sleep cycle. We're also supposed to be eating with the sun too. So if you wake up and it's still dark out, you actually should wait. Like your metabolic fire isn't ready until the sun rises because think about, again, going back to biology, they weren't able to eat. They ate and slept. They they ate with the sun. They weren't awake. Yeah. If it was was pitch black, they're not able to like, you know, eat as much and stuff. So I've been trying that as well to help with sleep. Like, okay, if I start dinner, if I stop dinner fairly early, am I able to digest my food better and then not feel like I'm digesting all of this food overnight. And it's yeah. it's helped my sleep so much having early dinner. So a lot of these tips I know you're like, wow, this girl is a grandma. You got to eat early dinner. You got to go on walks. You got to sleep. But like these things have changed my life. So now I'm like, I can't imagine living any other way. <laughs> yeah, no, these are, this is amazing Yeah, advice. Everybody should take advice from their grandma, you know? hundred percent. That's when people are like, should I eat this package thing? I'm like, would your great grandmother eat yeah. it? Right? Yeah. Just think about your great grandmother. Yeah. Like, what would she do? Yeah. I think it's, that's a great way to see it. Or is it at the farmer's market? Right. It's exactly. like, is it at the farmer's market? Then it's probably healthy for you. Yeah. Just keep it. It's all, it's all the simple stuff is the stuff that's the most effective. Yeah. It is, right? Like wake up with the sun, eat dinner early, get great sleep, manage stress, move your body. These things that you're like, okay, but like, are you actually doing those things? Most of us probably, probably not. So it's really good to check in with yourself. And even me, I'm like, go back to the basics, like go back to the foundation. So for couples Mm -hmm. in with ADHD, like one person, (laughs) like how, like what are tips for them to communicate or to be prosperous in a relationship. Prosperous. <laughs> I love that word. I don't know. You'll have to interview Clay next and he'll just say, oh, she's just annoying as heck. And you know, you just live with it. Oh no. Um, but like in your guys' yeah, relationship, yeah. how have you figured out how to like yeah. vibe? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I actually want to do an episode with Clay on this, breaking this down and us to have more conversations about it because our, our good friends, uh, good friends, Shalene and Brett have an episode on this and she has it as well. And they have, we have a similar dynamic with, with our brains and Clay is, is definitely he's able to hold attention longer. He's able to be more, I don't know, grounded, I guess you could say. He, he, he's just he's present. Of, yeah. He's just kind of my opposite in that way. And so yeah. um, I've learned so much from him from that. Like, I'm so grateful for that. Uh, I think if you are in a relationship with somebody right now, who is your opposite, a lot of times that could be such a good thing too. So in the past I dated men who had it and um, it's fun and interesting, but it's also like, oh, man, we're not going to get anything done. <laughs> Yeah. Nothing's getting done today. <laughs> so he'll know, like I have sticky notes a lot of times around the house to remind myself to do things. We have these systems now with our phone. We're like, hey, if we're doing this, I put it in the calendar, invite him right away. He invites me. Like we're getting better about our systems. So we don't feel very chaotic with it because I'm one of those people where if I have an idea or I have a thought, I'm going to say it and then I'm going to forget about it where if we don't write it down or put it on a sticky note, we forget about it. So I think it's huge to like manage your calendar, have a ton of sticky notes, be honest with your partner about it. But it is funny where if he tells a story, he could, you know, stay with that same story where in in like one minute, I'll ask him like eight different questions. And he's just like, what? <laughs> I'm like, okay, we're going to this Friday. And then, hey, so what did you think about that link I sent you? Okay. So anyway, so the workout, we're going to go see Brent. Okay. And he's just like, I, I don't know. He's able to keep up with it. I think he's just learned, I guess. I don't know. You know, you, you need to... <laughs> ask him about it, but I don't know what it's like to not be in my brain. I'm sure it's, it could be difficult, but, um, it's fun though. Right. Is there I think, so, certain things he does for you or t- that like help with it, communicate with you that like help you a lot. Um, he'll, he'll say like, you know, if, if he can tell I'm like, um, I guess spiraling with it or something, he he'll, he's good at uh, regulating it and be like, okay, let, what's the one thing we need to do? Or, okay, let's stay, like say like banana stand or like, let's stay on track with this one thing right now, you know? Um, and you know, as it, when you are super creative with it, it's like you, you're thinking of eight things and that can be a beautiful thing, but in some moments it's not, it's like, no, we're, we're on this one thing right now. So that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I think there's pros and cons to it. You know, I don't think it's perfect, but yeah. yeah. And any relationship yeah. People have to learn each other's, you know, Quirks. uniqueness <laughs> and vibe with each other. Yeah. yeah. I think what's interesting is one of the first times I noticed it impacts the relationship a little bit was the the overstimulate the overstimulation of lights and things like that. That's a that can be a common symptom. And so at first when we were dating, I was like, No, this isn't a joke. Like you gotta turn the lights off at night. And he was just like, What? Like he would have lights on. And I'm like, No, 
we're going to bed early. We're turning off the lights. Like <laughs> I need to calm down this hyper brain. I'm like a phone that needs a lot of charging. Like we just got to shut it down. He's like, okay. So like he sees, he sees Angie at a hundred and zero, you know, he sees me yeah. like hyper revved up speaking on stage, doing this stuff. And then where I'm like, baby grandma, like, no, do not turn a light on or I'll kill you. So it's yeah. interesting. You have to learn what makes you get back to presence and in that calmness and tell your partner what those things are. So they're not thinking you're crazy or you're, you're asking something, you know, something that's like out of left field. They already know that's part of your habits. Yeah. So cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. No, not a lot of people have asked that though. It's a good question. Yeah. Awesome. Well, with my brother, it's like, he's my co-founder of soul. And so we'll talk about it a lot because him and I work together. And so like, we'll, we'll talk about it a lot. Like he's so different. Like I mentioned earlier. So that's always funny. Cause he's like, Oh my gosh, like, why did you forget this? Or what, you know, where we, we like bought heads on that, but really? we love it. We love it in each other too, though, because we were able to compliment each other. So yeah. Yeah. It's fun teaming up with a, uh, a normal person. Normal. <laughs> right. I think we're all weird. I think no, but we totally are. I wouldn't hire somebody who was like that though. I think that's really good advice for even the entrepreneurs listening. Um, I think I'm very attracted to other people like that. Cause I'm like, Ooh, let's like talk about weird shit together. And then like, we'll start talking about monkeys. The next thing you know, we're, you know, off talking about something else. But I, I do think that there's power to your compliment. And so even now with like virtual assistants and things like that, I'm always like, do you have ADD? And they're like, no, I'm like, cool. Okay. Cause <laughs> if you do, we're going to get nothing done. So you do have yeah. to, you have to hire integrators and people that are a little bit more what we say neurotypical. So you can actually people follow can, through on things, hire people to help you follow through. Yeah. Manage things, systems, yeah. Uh, organize. Yeah. Systems organization. Clay has helped me with that tremendously. Um, I think that's one of the biggest things he's helped me with because I was allergic to structure because I thought if I have structure, I won't have creativity. Well, little did I know, and I'm still learning that the most creative people in the world do have some structure in order to allow them to go be creative. And so implementing those things in your calendar or hiring out the things that feel really stressful or boundaries, hiring the integrators, like you have to have some structure in order to thrive. And so I was very resistant to that at first. Um, but I wish I would have started that sooner. <laughs> it's yeah. more systems. Yeah. Yeah. I want to dive into neurotropics before Ooh, yeah. we end. Because mm-hmm. you've really studied I on this stuff and experimented <laughs> and you're developing your own product, right? Yeah. So I want to learn a little bit about that. Yeah. You know, what is a neurotropic for anybody mm-hmm. just getting introduced to this? And then what are like the top three that people yeah. can just buy, like maybe just individually to start to experiment with and see yeah. what they're like? And then, yeah. Talk about why you formulated what you're coming yeah. out with. Yeah. So a neuro, neuro, neurotropic. Yeah. Neurotropic. Neurotropic. Okay. Yeah. It's funny. So people say I neurotropic. I like neurotropic actually because it makes me think of the brain, but nootropic. Yeah. Nootropic. Um, that's completely safe. It's a natural cognitive enhancer. If you looked up the definition. So essentially anything that's bringing more nutrients to your brain, helping you to focus, right? Bringing blood flow to the brain. A lot of them are these like vasodilators in a sense. They're like bringing more blood and oxygen to the brain yeah. uh, or they're stimulating dopamine for the prefrontal cortex. So for me a lot, I noticed the ones that help with dopamine a lot, like L-tyrosine, it's an amino acid. You guys can buy this, gosh, pretty much anywhere. Just make sure it's a legitimate source. I wouldn't get tyrosine from like a sketchy bro shop down the street, you know, and like, or some dude's basement. And totally. <laughs> I would go to like a, I'd pay, you get what you pay for when it comes to supplements. So like get a high quality L-tyrosine. I take this in capsules every day. I'm actually starting something, um, called what is is it uh, it's called like dopa which is interesting it's like another powdered amino acid um so that's that's a new one i'm about to start um i love ginkgo bilboa you guys have probably heard of ginkgo that's a plant um and then i also love bacobi monnieri that's one of my favorites as well all, all of these are most of these are plant-based or an amino acid but with soul we we have a capsule now called, called alert which is great but i want to create one without caffeine because i've realized a lot of people with adhd they they don't handle caffeine well sometimes, or they don't want to. So I'm wanting to come out with an option that has all these things like ginkgo, B vitamins, L-tyrosine, all these amazing nootropics, but without caffeine and see if it would still be really beneficial for people. Cause I don't do caffeine. So we're coming out with that hopefully soon. Um, it'll be either a gummy or a capsule. It'll, it'll also have CBD in there, which will be cool to see how that affects the nootropic. Yeah. CBD is very different than a nootropic though, right? Like CBD is what I take at night or when I need to calm down, but nootropics more so when you want to be in the zone or study or have that focused feeling without any harmful side effects or without uh, like a down from it. So you can take nootropics and not feel like crap the next day if you're not on them, you know? So yeah, they're, they're awesome. Have you played with a lot of them or? No, I haven't. Oh, really? Yeah. I really want wow. to because my goal is to try to get off caffeine too. Yeah. Oh, I noticed initially it helps me with that dopamine yeah. rush. I mean, caffeine's under the 
umbrella of an atropic. Yeah. It helps me really focus, but I think so much so that the, the after effect has me so depleted. And then I get into this really big up and down cycle. Wow. How much are you doing? Well, it's just even like as I've, as I've gotten older, I've gotten much more sensitive. So wow. even just like a cup. Like few, like eight ounces? Yeah. So that's probably like me. what, 120 yeah. grams? And I think what something? it is, I'm just so slow at metabolizing caffeine too. Wow. I just don't get that deep asleep. Because if I don't have caffeine for like four or five days and then I sleep, I have the craziest vivid dreams. It's way, wow. it's way like I'm so tuned into what it feels like. So if I can find something that helps to focus and give a little bit of that you know, glow feeling yeah. without the, you know, sim- stimulant down effect yeah. or messing with my sleep. Oh, you're going to love it. Yeah. I'll send you a bunch because I think that uh, B vitamins are also very supportive and it takes time to almost like titrate off. So like give yourself time to slowly decrease caffeine because it's, it's, it's a bigger shock to your system if you all of a sudden just go cold turkey. Yeah. Yeah. And caffeine can become addictive and dependent where a lot of these nootropics aren't. And some people, caffeine works great for them. Some people, the down is, exactly. is not worth it. Um, your body might just be really sensitive to it. Another thing I've been reading and researching lately is is how you're ingesting the caffeine. So a lot of times it's not the caffeine itself, it's how you're ingesting it. So pairing it with a well-balanced meal with fats and protein to stabilize your blood sugar and then drinking coffee versus what a lot of people do is they wake up and they're fasted on coffee. Uh, now for fat loss and if you're like trying to be, I don't know, David Goggins or Ben Greenfield, like maybe... I also think the male body and the female body handle stress and all of this so differently. I think as women, we're just so much more sensitive. And I, agree. I think you can kind of go ham and your adrenals might be able to take it. Mine will be like, oh, I'm tired. <laughs> we're just a little bit more sensitive. It's a blessing and a curse. So uh, what I've been told is now if you are going to wake up, instead of being in that high adrenaline state where you're like fasted and coffee and like, you know, that buzz, that feeling that feels so good. But then when you're down, it's like you feel a little weird to actually f- not force, that sounds like the wrong word, but, but eat, like <laughs> eat something, even if you're not super hungry, like train your body to pair the caffeine with food and that can help some people. So it is interesting. It might just be how you're ingesting it, you know? That's so maybe super- it's, it's that. Do you eat food with it? Uh, that was, I think that was the habit that I was getting into is like, wake up, just drink coffee. Oh, it's yeah. probably just you like hitting my food. system too pair hard too fast. For like a month yeah. and then tell me, cause I want to see if yeah. that, if it assimilates different in your body, if you're pairing it with high quality proteins, awesome. fats and your, your system like is able to stabilize its blood sugar before it has this rush of caffeine in its veins. Yeah. You know, I think it's such a different experience. It's like going back to mushrooms or anything. Like what are yeah. you pairing things with? Dosage and what you pair things with changes the entire experience. Totally. <laughs> we talked about that once during a workout. I'm yeah. like, isn't it crazy how that you could take 0.1 gram of a or 0.01 gram of like a mushroom and it's like nothing, you know? But then if you could take 10 grams, you're literally like it's a t- seeing flying purple <laughs> horses, like yeah. you know. And I'm like, wow, everything in life is about dosage. And you were like, yeah, yeah. we have, exactly. that was a profound download. <laughs> it's not like from the things don't have to be good or bad. Yeah, it's like, just know your dose. Know, know your, your dose. You know your physiology. Know what works well for you. Yeah. Start slow and yeah. titrate up and see what works well for you. Yeah, I'm excited that you're gonna try to bring coffee down and or add food and then see how yeah. you feel. I always just love experimenting. Yeah. So where do we find your products? Yeah, you guys can go to mysoulcbd.com. That's where a lot of our stuff is now. Um, soon our website will just be Soul Wellness. So we're switching over to just be a broader just wellness brand. Uh, but m- majority of our products will still have some sort of CBD in them. Um, but yeah, you guys can check us out on uh, Instagram as well, mysoulcbd. I love mm-hmm. it. Do you have any last final thoughts or things you want to share about ADHD mm-hmm. or just what you're doing now? Comedy, yeah. stand-up, yeah. creativity. Oh gosh, that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, it, it's a superpower, right? To kind of bring it all together. I think a lot of times in life, I think uh, our weakness or our vulnerability ends up being the thing that is is the is the superpower, right? Like this is the thing now that I love sharing about. And I was nervous to share about it at first. I was like, oh, I don't want to tell people this. What if I sound, I don't know, stupid or like this isn't something people want to hear. And then my inbox is just flooded with everyone and their grandma who's like, I have ADD or I think I do or my sister does like help, you know, or my kid does. So it's like what's uh, what's personal is universal, I think, a lot of times. So it's like share it. It's, it's share the vulnerable thing. And I think for me, the ADD is now inspiring me to be even more creative, which thus has inspired me to get into comedy, inspired me to start microdosing. Like it's all from this sense of like I want to be even more weird and more different. Like what can I do that is like what is my highest form of expression and what does that look like? Um, and yeah, and, and especially for the moms listening, like we said, 
working with your kid on it versus making them feel like there's something wrong with them or they're broken. I think that's really important when it comes to the brain because the brain can change. I really believe that. I don't think you're, the brain you had at eight is not the brain you have right now. No. And it can change. And I think there's so much hope when it comes to that. And uh, yeah, see it as a superpower. I think I think if used well, it could be amazing, right? <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I, I love this message of mm-hmm. emphasizing your creativity and using ADHD as a superpower and yeah. just living your most creative self. Yeah. Such a powerful message. Yeah. I mean, look at like the smartest people in the world. They're a little weird. They're a little crazy. Totally. Right? Like think of who do you think is like super smart <laughs> or super cool? Well, like Elon's pretty weird. Yeah. Elon's probably super fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like they're not normal people, you know? Yeah. Clay and I were the other day hanging out with someone who is like super smart, founder of this huge company thing. And I was like, somebody told us in the way, like there, they're like, Oh, he's a little weird. Or he might be on the spectrum. And I just go, absolutely. I I would be weirded out if he wasn't like the smartest people, like they're not thinking inside this box and that's okay. So we need to start celebrating asking those big questions and we need to start celebrating being weird and owning it versus seeing it as this, this bad thing, you know, hundred (laughs) percent. Well, Angie, thanks so much for being on the podcast. I'm very grateful for you being here. Anytime. This was awesome. Yeah. So fun. Awesome. (laughs) Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and taking a genuine interest in your health and well-being. From this episode, if you have kids or you don't have kids, I want you to reflect on yourself. I want you to be curious about your way of learning, your way of recharging, your way of moving your energy throughout the day, the time you like to wake up, the time you like to work out, the time when you feel creative and you're in the flow and the time when you need to regenerate or hibernate for your energy. Now for your kids, I want you to really observe them with a non-judgmental, curious mind. As you watch them, see what ways can I support them in their creativity or their, their re-nourishment of their energy. How can I help them with their learning abilities, right? Do they tend to read or listen more or use their hands, right? Our brains are all so different. And I think there's so much we don't know still to this day. And I want you to look at your children or look at yourself and be genuinely curious and see if with a loving, open-minded heart, where you can start to nourish your own energy, your own life, your own creativity, and see where that takes you. All right, guys, thank you again for listening to this episode. Share and like this, and I'll see you next time.